You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hello to all of my lovely listeners out there in podcast land. It's Dr. Laura Mock, and I am here today to introduce you to this episode. I just interviewed the most fascinating, lovely woman, and we had the best conversation. So you are really not going to regret listening in today. I talked with Dr. Nicole Vane about how she changed her practice so that she was less dependent on insurance companies and contracts and things like that. And we just really get down and dirty and really talk about the whys for dropping discount insurance plans and also the mindset that you need in order to get there. And I just felt so uplifted after talking to her and I know that you will too. Now, before we get started, there's one thing I wanna tell you My speaking uh, calendar is starting to fill up and one of them that's coming up is something that you might want to come to. It's called the Happy Dentist Retreat and it's this summer in June outside of Columbus, Ohio with Dr. Ankur Gupta and several other really cool people including Anissa Holmes, Alan Stern, and Carlos Rodriguez. Yes, that's all of us. I'm like, did I remember everybody? Yes, I did. (laughs) There's going to be yoga. There is going to be talking and listening and like discussions about how to be happy with your practice, how to be um, one with your team. And this is a team building retreat. So you can bring your team if you want to. And we are just going to be having all the good feels there. So you can check out my, um, my website to learn more about that which is loveyourpractice.net or just come over to my Instagram and I'd love to see you there. It's going to be a great value too because it's Dr. Gupta's um, first stab at this retreat, but I think it's going to be really amazing. So I'd love to see you there. And without further ado, let's talk with Dr. Nicole Fain. Okay. I would like to welcome to our podcast here, Dr. Nicole Fain. Nicole, thank you so much for being here this morning. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate um, being given the opportunity to share my story. I know you have such a good story and I have been itching to hear it, but I've been waiting until this moment when we could have this recording so that all of my listeners could hear it too. And also, I just want to thank you for coming because I know that you got up early this morning to, and it's a Saturday to be here. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. So I know a little bit about you and most of it is from social media. I know that you've recently rebranded your practice as being out of network, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wait to hear more about that. And you are on a podcast on a regular basis as a host, right? No, just as a guest. A guest. Okay. Yeah. For service podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. And I see you posting in the fee for service group quite a bit. Yeah, I just really want to help empower others. Um, One, the whole collusion principle of like the more people that we get in the mindset who can see the shift, that's the only way we're going to shift dentistry Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So most of what's out there is just on how to make your practice more profitable by turning it to high volume and how to convert to a DSO and how to bring in multiple associates to run the chairs from seven to seven at night. And most of the mastermind groups are geared towards that. And then lowering your overhead by cranking, cranking, cranking dentistry. It's we've gotten so away from the quality, the patient relationships, which is what at least drove me into dentistry is I want all those feel goods and to be able to practice my craft and not be, Oh, well now, you know, Delta dental owned my reimbursement. So now I have to do assisted hygiene and deal with the backlash from my hygienist for doing 30 minute cleanings. And I can't get a DA to stay 
who just wants to assist hygiene and run back and forth between the rooms. It's just trading one set of problems for another. Yeah. And no one really sees it that way. And so I'm trying to uh, participate in the movement of just getting dentistry back to where I think all of us want to be. Um, it's just, um, again, where do you want to invest your time in energy? So tell me this, the, just describe for me the way your practice was before you decided to make the change. Well, you know, I've been in dentistry almost 20 years, um, mm-hmm. almost 12 as an associate where I worked in all environments, clinics, um, a few HMO offices, uh, but usually just high volume PPO offices where I'd have six chairs and two hygiene checks an hour. And I always thought that was something that I wanted. It was like the practice model that I'm like, this is just what you do. This is how you do it. You yep. just move around. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked in for the longest time as an associate wanting to buy out a gentleman, um, heavy PPO practice, um, a lot of teachers, firemen in the practice where now uh, instead of PPO, it's like a DPO. So it's even lower with some of those Delta, um, not the Delta premier, not the deluxe stuff, just the like 698 a crown, you know, 440 for a molar endo um, stuff where you're like, this, this can't, this can't be right. And you're and, in California, right? Like that? Yeah. Coastal California. Like the beach is across the street from my office. My rent mm-hmm. per square foot. I know. I, I paid for the glory. Let me tell you. Yeah. So it's been, um, that was just what I knew. Uh, so just like if your family are all laborers and everyone gets up at 5 a.m. to go to work and takes their cooler lunchbox and, mm-hmm. you know, had to drive the truck. Like sometimes you just, you, you do, it's almost like how I was raised in dentistry. I didn't have any family members that were in it. So I worked at one fee for service office in two years out of school. And unfortunately without the mentorship, it seemed like a model I didn't like. It was a bunch of rich hoity toity people in La Jolla that I felt weren't nice to me because I was young and, and I didn't live in their little rich bubble and go to their country club. And it's kind of that way in that area. Um, but I've come to realize that that's not what being fee for service or out of network is. Mm-hmm. So it really took learning and unlearning this mindset of all that I ever knew in dentistry was you go in and my parents, both my parents work for the government or upper middle class where mm-hmm. it's, we, we ship dentists all the time because that was who took our plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never had a relationship with a dentist. And thankfully we all have genetically good teeth. I've really almost never even had a cavity, but I remember not liking some of them. And then when I decided to become a dentist at age 12, now when I reflect on some of those offices, I'll ask my parents, like, why, why did we go there? And they're like, well, you know, state of California employees, we, we, this is what they gave us. And for a couple of years, they switched us to HMO and we didn't like that. And then they switched us here and you know, out here we were Kaiser kids, which again, thankfully I was never sick. Cause I don't, as a, as a parent now, I wouldn't want to take my kids to Kaiser just based on how the system works. So I just was in this insurance mindset of crank dentistry and, um, the tooth a year club. Like, yeah, it's, Oh, you broke a tooth. I literally, the practices I was in for the longest, you broke a tooth. Now you're gonna do that crown. And yeah. then next year you broke a tooth or you broke it in December. Let's patch you up. So your benefits renew. And we'll get you in and get that crown done right in January so that you don't have to have any, you know, any on pocket. And we didn't do estimates. It was like, everything was just, we know what they're going to pay. This is all we present. We don't talk about anything. They didn't have a consult room. It was, here's your printout. And everything was the Dentrix ledger of here is your insurance. Here's your out of pocket. Okay. That was a beautiful descriptive way of describing basically what a lot of us are living in right now. And I just want to, before we go on, cause next time I'm going to ask you what changed, but since I'm a life coach and I'm a super nerd, I want to look at some of the thoughts that were beliefs in your mind that kept you there for so long. So let's just play with this for a minute. I'll throw some out. You throw some out. Tell me if I say any that are wrong. Okay. Okay. Mrs. Jones is not going to do an extra crown because it'll go over her maximum benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, If I am out of network, 
everyone's going to switch away because they think of me as a commodity. Yes. Everyone's going to do the cheapest thing they can. Yes, I would agree. If we don't value build, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of the things that you have recognized that you believed before? Especially now on the other side, when you're trying to coach team through this, it's the, well, yes, Mr. Jones disappeared from COVID and hasn't been in for period maintenance and um, in 18 months, but we can't do an SRP because he had one two years ago and we can't. Yes. So it's putting their problem on us mm-hmm. and it's actually skewing our diagnosis and not seeing that it's an ethical shift. Like I have to tell them what I see, but oh, I, I can't because lately they've been, you know, not diagnosing it or I can't do a debridement, even though the patient wants a cleaning today, or what is called a cleaning, because they don't cover full mouth debridements with comp exams. And this patient hasn't been in in eight years, but I know they really came in because their chief complaint was they wanted their teeth clean. And so you end up just skewing your, your diagnosis so much based on these insurance rules. So we'll get to the letter, but that mindset, some of it started becoming um, not just the value I saw in myself and my skills and my training. Cause I've done so much extra continuing education. It was more like, even if I am Mr. Or Mrs. Bread and butter dentistry, now I don't deserve to get paid for a pulp cap or a buildup because it's a, it's an included bundle. Now I can't, I, I mean, having been in so many of these practices, including the high volume, one thing I always stayed away from early in my career was I don't want to be, what would now be the DSO model um, of just now I'm going to charge $60 a syringe to irrigate with a, with a 10 CC monodrect or a monodrect syringe of chlorhexidine because we get reimbursed so low on SRP or we're back when I was earlier in my career, it was arrested in every five millimeter pocket because that's the only way that we'll get profit out of these low reimbursement SRPs. Yes. So again, it's skewing your diagnosis to fit, whatever the insurance is going to be right. Which isn't even led by a dentist. It's led by financial analysts and money people. Right. And so they're trying to build a box around what they cover so that that some things will be outside of it. And then we go in and we try to fit ourselves into the box and still deliver good care. And what happens is cognitive dissonance in my head and maybe your head too. And what would happen is sometimes I would think about it and I'd be like, I didn't get paid for that filling because Mrs. Jones had a a cavity next to it a year and a half ago. And then I did a new one and they're like, Oh, no, you can't charge for that. And then I would tell myself new things like, and I'm going to say a tiny swear here, just in case you guys are listening with your kids. Well, Laura, that's because you're a Delta dentals bitch and you just do whatever they want and they are making all the rules and then <gasps> I believe that and I'd be like well I can't get out I can't change yeah. I'm trapped I have so many of these insurance patients they're gonna leave if I change so all I can do is bow my head and start drilling yeah yeah um I've called myself a dental whore oh sure it's like it's yeah creating it's services and so essentially they're my pimp yeah Delta. Yeah. Now you're going, I mean, it's, it in reflection, it started to feel that, that truly that dirty to me. Like I, I I don't mean anything to anybody. Um, I'm, I'm here to give my best and no one values it. Yeah. Um, and then it starts to interplay into not feeling seen or heard. Mm -hmm. And when you have a crisis like COVID where we all of a sudden have all these new rules to put on top of it, Mm-hmm. Um, and you start saying like, I was away from dentistry for a moment or my practice hit pause, or you had this, we all went through this. What, it, what am I even going to do? Like some people are like, I wish I could walk away. I can't tell you how much I read that in the forums mm-hmm. and what I saw because we were all hurting in our own ways was just that people were like, I can't go back to that, but I can't get out of it. Yes. I am going to be a dental whore forever of I, this is what I get paid for this service. This is what I get paid for this service. And I can't grow or change or be any of the things I want to be, you know? Um, 
And so it just takes breaking that cycle. Yeah. Um, and but saying, you know, I, it's not even that I want more. It's just, I'm willing to let that, that go. I let go of friendships that didn't serve me. Um, I said during COVID, no more Karens, like no more Karens. The patients <laughs> want to complain about everything, even on their new patient exam, you don't know them, but all they want to do is bash other ever the dentist. And this is horrible. And Da, da, da. I don't want to wear a mask in your office and I'm not going to sign that COVID really. The people that are just absolutely, you're never going to make happy. And then now, because I'm in a different mindset, it's how can I afford to deal with this person for that reimbursement? I would rather go drink coffee. Right. And not make anything. I, absolutely. Dentistry is by appointment only. So that means I get to choose mm-hmm. who I see and when and how if I take my power, that's, that's it. And it's truly like when you say the saying it's been said by a bunch of different people, but it's when you say yes to something, you are automatically saying no to something else. Yes. So when I was getting so booked out, they had nowhere to put an emergency, a great case. I, someone's like, Hey, I'm ready to do my veneers. I, I got surprise proposed, whatever. And I can't find a slot and I'm literally over my front desk shoulder clicking, we'll go to Wednesday, go to whatever. Well, what about this? What, can we move that? And then, oh, now we had an opening in hygiene. So now you put in a new patient exam, a consult and whatever during my big case. I can't get up and do all this. It's yeah. just, you're literally saying no to something better. And when you really run just numbers, and you're willing to look at what you get reimbursed per hour, I could see like a half or even a third of what my current patients are and, and be able to do quality and get paid the same and not even have an AR jumble of chasing reimbursements or, oh, we actually, even though we verified that morning, still happens. Now we're going to take that money back because it turns out they had left their employer and we backdated their COBRA coverage, whatever the story is. Okay, but I'm going to pause you because you're getting ahead. Okay. Our story here. Okay. I know you're super excited. (laughs) So, okay. So you were in this and I was in the same place where I believed I couldn't change. Okay. And just life coach Laura is like, all right, let's look at this from a standpoint of what our brains are doing. We have wishes and we have hopes and dreams up here in our cerebral cortex and then in our hind brain we have ancient biological cues that are put there to keep us safe mm-hmm. to keep us alive to not change anything stay in the cave nicole because there might be a mountain lion outside of the cave okay <laughs> <laughs> and so this turns into you can't change because something bad might happen. And I I had all this chatter for years of reasons why I couldn't change my relationship with these bigger dental insurance companies. Right. But then something changed for me and something changed for you. And I want to hear what you started thinking and believing that drove you to actually make the change. What happened in there? Well, when you talk about innate like our, what we're programmed to do as women to, to be a mother or to, we have this homemaker draw. And then for me, with my financial background, with my family, both my parents chose to work for the government because it was stable. There was a pension. They knew their days off. They, I mean, what they could have made outside in the outside world in private industry would have been, I mean, double. However, they have a nice pension now. They still have all their Delta benefits. My parents are Delta patients still. It's predictable. And um, they still have full medical, everything great. I mean, that sounds wonderful. They took a trade and said, our career will be this way because we like the comfort. So there's there's courage over comfort, right? Mm -hmm. And even me going to grad school, like we come from a long line of immigrants and depression era immigrants. And a lot of my family, like my grandmother is very successful and they, she lives like she is the poorest person. She has a hand-me-down couch that my aunt gave her in the seventies. <laughs> her car is, you know, 20 years old. Her outfits, we buy her like a, 
a sweatsuit from JC Penny for Christmas. And she's like, Oh, you know, like she has money, but everything's like, you don't spend it, you save it. And so this has been really hard for me. I actually had to go through therapy to try and I have to break these money scarcity mindset because for me to go to grad school, the first person in my family, everyone was so proud. And the first thing that they said is that's a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. And then when I said I wanted to open my own practice, it was, why would you take on all that debt? Yeah. Why don't you just work for someone? And so we have to constantly keep deciding, like, what do I want? What do I want to be? Like, do I want to just stay safe in my cave? Or do I want to possibly be or do more or expand my services, my thoughts, the things I really want to enjoy um, in my practice? And so it took a lot of undoing mentally of the mindset that this is all I know and this is comfortable in its own way and starting to feel, um, I don't really deserve this. I mean, we all have the story. I can think of one that just popped in my head earlier of I had a patient walk in, slam his night guard on the front desk and say, keep it. I don't want it because his insurance rejected even though it was only $300 night guard fee, mm-hmm. I literally the, we take intraoral pictures and I'm doing mouth tour on every patient. I'm talking the most severe Bruxer, likely sleep apnea, GERD, severe. Yeah. And to have someone almost throw it at me because the insurance didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we even doing? Now I ate it on my $130 lab fee because I sent it to a nice lab. Now, I, obviously I didn't get paid either. Then you have to have a coaching conversation with your front on how to look closer at the policies so that we don't have this happen again. And we don't have an upset patient when the mixed message is that all I wanted to do was get this patient's teeth protected because there's such severe wear. All I'm caring about is the patient and their health. I'm not, I don't want to keep incorporating. Well, I, they're not going to pay for it. And let me have this conversation chair side in front of my hygienist about, well, we can see what we can do, but we'll still honor the lower fee. And just, it's just a a dance and a mindset that you have to kind of, if you can step away and just observe it for a moment, you're you're like, what, what am I doing in this role? All I want to be is a doctor. I don't want to be a negotiator um, with hostages. (laughs) Essentially, it almost feels that way with you know, or terrorists, like I'm literally negotiating with the terrorist right now. And all I want to do is get this person free to safety. Yes. So for me, when I got ready to make changes, what I started telling myself was, this is my practice. Mm -hmm. I can lead it the way I choose. Instead of saying, I can't, it's scary, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember any epiphanies that you had where you realized that you could change? I've had a lot and it took me a lot longer than I thought Mm -hmm. about two years ago. It was like, I just, this isn't, this does not fit my practice model. I'm really in comprehensive care. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if there's two really decayed teeth, all I want to do is get it fixed. I don't want to do the root canal this year and then straddle it next year or prep and temp. And then we'll build this. All I want, this is what the tooth needs. Yeah. Even if they don't do the whole mouth. So it took, took that mindset. And then I got very fatigued by trying to coach the team out of it. Yeah. And then trying to hire people and investing so much time and money in training people that the me now wouldn't have even invested in. They just don't get it. There's, there's absolutely no way they would have shifted. They were so bought, bought in, so to speak, that then you say, okay, well, how do I keep growing myself? How do I grow as a leader? And then teach people the same value system that I have. So the shift was chair side a lot, actually more than two years ago, but the actual commitment was two years ago for me. Um, the reason it took this long was I needed to find a coach for the front office or for myself to figure out how to get the verbiage down and the team culture, right. And the customer service, right. So that I could support patients still having the value in what they do, because when it's done, right, you don't lose anyone. And they don't complain. They really don't. Mm -hmm. So I did a huge, like we're dropping. I dropped like a four or five out of the eight I initially took um, two years ago. 
I was, I had abdicated my throne. I wasn't doing anything at the time. I was just being a mom, doing my dentistry and going home. And it was a disaster because I, I, there was no guidance for me for the team about why I truly was doing this. It was just like, we're not taking them anymore. And so the office manager sent out a letter. We didn't have the payment table set up right for building on a network. We didn't have the team trained. We didn't have the right team for it. And I, I did lose a lot of people. And all that did was reinforce them saying, see, you can't do it. Yes. Okay. So let's, I'm going to stop you for a second. So you did an initial drop probably of the suckiest of the suck, mm-hmm. right? And it didn't go well because you weren't ready. And then the team used that as evidence that you definitely can't. They kind of got trained into believing that you couldn't be free of those insurance plans. Is that right? Absolutely. And, but then, you know, when you look at it, six months after that initial pain point, you're like, Hey, that life actually plays really well at a network. They do. They do. Yeah. This isn't, well, maybe do these other ones do that? And Oh, but blue cross doesn't. So we're going to need to pre-collect with that patient just the same way we will with Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, we, unfortunately with your insurance, a lot of the others are really easy to work with, but with yours, we found that even when we invest a ton of time on the phone, this is going to be covered. We're analyzing your plan. We found that they reimburse a lot less and we just don't want to get upset with us. So here's what we're going to do. And, you know, um, you end up learning which ones do really well on a network and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. And I found that the people that I'd rather them opt out ahead of time because their values are aligned. Some people truly are like, oh, well, you don't take my plan. Well, I'll just go over here. Yeah. And it's the happiness that, that you're okay with that. Yes. You don't need to be everyone's dentist. Yes. You can be the, the dentist for the person who is like, I only want Dr. Vane touching my teeth. Well, I, and I have that. I, I have a lot of patients that are upset if they're squeezed in for an emergency exam, I'm already in a procedure. And they're like, why isn't Dr. Vane in here? Why do I have your nurse? <laughs> But like, she's going to come in. Yeah, I'll come in and diagnose it. But I, I'm not, I can't sit chair side. Like they literally think they reserved an hour of time with me. And if you look at insurance, $21 for that limited exam and $17 for the PA. Mm-hmm. And my assistant is $25. And you want me to come in and give you all that attention. Well, eventually, eventually you have to understand that they have to pay for that. Right. The economics of that just doesn't work. And then you're running around with your roller skates, but here you are, we're talking about two years ago, you dropped some of the sucky plans and you're moving forward. And then what happened? So you have to get your culture right in the practice for customer service. Mm -hmm. And you have to get the right people rowing your boat. Mm -hmm. It will not work. And it comes leadership first, right? So I wasn't the leader then that I am now. And I will say I abdicated my throne because I didn't, I don't know at the time how to do Dentrix payment tables and how to do the AR reports to look at why, why something wasn't paid. What about the outstanding claim reports? Why are things being rejected? Oh, when did you stop adding narratives? We've always added narratives. Why did you stop doing this? You have to be able to unlayer all of that. And instead old me was now I'm going to have four front desk girls because I need, I have to have an insurance coordinator Mm -hmm. who's going, all they're going to do is chase my insurance money that's owed to me. And I have to have someone who's just in charge of doing the verification and the breakdowns every day. And then I have to then have two other front girls to do the check-in and the checkouts. Now I have a huge ass overhead and I'm also waiting for payment for forever on some of these. I had claims outstanding 11 months. And then when you look into it, when I didn't before, mm-hmm. but when you look into it now, you're like, they're like, well, I resubmitted that like three times. And now Mrs. Jones is, she's just really upset. And she, so I don't know what you want me to do. Well, I wanted us to collect it in advance, but also 
we're now at 11 months. Now she's saying she doesn't know what to his period because it took so long. And why are you bringing this up now? Everything becomes back to it being our problem. You're like, I worked really hard on that. I lost, I still haven't even been paid anything. Yeah. And now I have to coach a front desk person. And then now worry about writing off. I can't tell you how much I wrote off. And it was really an issue of not collecting up front and telling the patient, this is our relationship. You know, like we're, I'm going to sit down and do this beautiful work for you. And I'm going to focus only on you and make sure it's the best. And now on the flip side, months later, I, you're just figuring out how are you going to write it off as bad uncollectible debt? Are you going to write it off as insurance underpayment? Like those aren't the conversations I wanted to have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But that's very demoralizing when you wait and wait and wait, and then you don't get paid. Yeah. And I just want to say that I, I hear you talking. I hear that story you're telling me, and I've heard it from so many, yeah. especially female dentists. I mean, I don't talk that much to the man, the men, but what I hear from their brains, these women is I'm too busy to deal with this. I'm too busy to be the leader I need to be. It's easier for me to just go to the next operatory and bang out the next class twos and cut a crown and run across to a hygiene exam than it is for me to stop turning my drill and start being a leader. It feels like it's too expensive or too hard to stop making the money and be the leader. Um, it's not even just that it's too hard. It's painful Yeah. because as women, and I worked again, so many places, the way that the men were treated for the, the doctors I worked for versus me, even to the point that as the female associate, the owner doctor would say, put a hand on my shoulder and be like, I feel bad because you're, you're never going to be received the same. Like I could go yell at, you know, Cindy and she'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Or he's grumpy today. Mm-hmm. And then with us, you know, the way I've had hygienists speak to me and on the team, and you're like, you remember I'm your boss, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's this like under, under the surface rumor, female dentists, they're crazy. Oh, and we're bitches. Exactly. We're such bitches. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I've really worked on observing myself, framing, being really professional, polite, kind the kiss sandwich of like, I love that you did this. However, I just want to, you know, let you know that, you know, blah, 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 let's, let's be focused on this. It's still like, ah, bitch. <laughs> so this is an extra challenge that we run into. And, and then, and then our hind brain hooks onto that and goes, well, you can't change because you're a woman. So they're not going to follow your leadership. A hundred percent. And then also when we talk about mindset, I don't want to do that. It's too hard. It is true. Okay. But everything in life is about framing, right? Are you like, Oh, I got COVID. This is so, so horrible. Or are you like, well, at least I had a mild case and now I'm building immunity. I mean, there's always a lens, right? Correct. So I will not lie. I have a young child. I, during this past year, I'm logging on the minute he goes to bed from 9 PM till midnight. It's a lot. It's been a lot of work for me. It doesn't, it's not going to stay this way. Mm-hmm. But I will say I had to dive in and I had to learn a lot. But what, when you look at the lens, what stood out to me is that every year in insurance adjustments, I've written off more than $300,000. That's more than I paid myself. Same. I am not in this to be a business owner of what. So it became, if I'm going to be away from my son, I'd rather work and get paid for two days a week than worry about supporting my full-time nanny. Literally, I have school camps. I have 10 employees. I'm like, who am I doing any of this for if I'm not serving myself or my family? Yeah. So I took the pain of being up this year and doing all this extra stuff and trying to be a mom and letting go of my mom guilt and running around ragged and then running all my own Indeed ads and then doing my own audits. But when I see how much money I lost by abdicating my throne, Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I can't regret anything other than know that I learned something from it. Yes. But when you really can look objectively and say what we're writing off and what our trade-offs are, because it, it does feel easier. And I do personally, I just want to go be a dentist. I love chair side. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to acquire 10 practices and be just on the business side home. 
However, learning those things made me see the ROI on a procedure. I mean, even when I was in transition, I knew I dropped, but I couldn't say I was on network yet. And you look and you're like, God damn it. I get paid $91 for this occlusal on misphobic who's crying and gagging. And I use a rubber dam. I like to do everything all optimal. So now I had to take the rubber dam off five times and I had to give her a PDL injection and then she's panicking it for $91. Yeah. And it put me behind. And then I had the two hygiene checks and you're like, it's okay. Just take your time. Enjoy the aromatherapy I pay for and the TVs in the ceiling. And let me get you another warm blanket. Premium things I do. And I just, um, I'm so glad. Oh, I'll get you the name of that scented candle. I had up front. That's going to make me just feel this is more a spa for $91. I cannot, I cannot do this. I literally wanted to be like, here's a hundred Miss Jones. Here's a hundred dollars. I'm going to go drink coffee and I'm going to go talk to my consult over here who is ready to do, you know, the dentistry they're bought in. They want to talk about things. I like talking about, I like talking about diet and etiology and things. I'm not just like, let's slap some fluoride varnish over those class five decays and your fractions and we'll call it a day. It's so it, it really takes like, if you just ask yourself, cause we're all good people, but how do I want, what are my time trade-offs? Why am I doing this? Yes. Cause I got into this just because of the love of the craft. And I never knew what I was going to encounter in dental school on the business side that I have to be today. And as a female, I only wanted to work with a partner and they were always male because I have to say, I, I was like, Oh, they can do this side and I'll do that side. Yeah. So I'll do the target runs and I'll make dinner. And then my husband can pay all the bills and do our 401k and then figure out if we're going to do a Roth or a SEP and how we're going to reinvest this. I don't know. Honestly, like I have that spoken me too. Yeah. But that question that you ask yourself, why am I doing this? That's a great place for the listeners of this episode to, to start. If you're thinking about changing how you depend on insurance reimbursement, starting with why am I doing this? What do I want to do? And really sitting down and looking at the numbers, that's a wonderful place to really start to understand where you're at. Mm -hmm. You got to the point where you were ready to drop the biggest one. I got there last year. And then, and, and then you wrote a letter that went viral. Like it was all over the internet for a while among dentists, like dental viral, right? Not TikTok. whatever, but, but can you tell yes. us basically like the, the gist of that letter? So my, like I said, I had all last year, this kind of anxiety that we're dropping Delta. And then right. it was, then we had turned over the whole team because of COVID in different ways or different times. Mm-hmm. And I felt I couldn't do the training needed. So it was pent up this letter. So January 1st, it was like, we're doing a January 1st, January 1st. January 1st, yeah. 2020, you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, they said, you need to do it in writing. Yeah. And then when I put it in some of the business forums, people were like, you actually have to send it certified. They're going to say they didn't get it. They're going to drag it out, which is actually what ended up happening in the beginning. Oh, wow. So I was like, fine, I'll sit down and write a letter. And it essentially was a dear John of, Thank you for mistreating me. Thank you for saying now after being with Delta almost 20 years that I deserve to be paid less than what I was paid in 2003. Mm -hmm. Thank you for telling me that all my additional training in doing surgical extractions and all the extra liability is still only worth 81 to $125 for the extraction. Thank you for telling me that I have to give patients half hour cleanings now because your reimbursements are so low, I'll lose money on having this patient in the chair. And by the way, thank you for telling patients I'm an asshole for not covering things anymore or not when it's actually you, the insurance, who said that you're going to reject this, even with a pre-op. And now I have to deal with a bad Yelp review and someone crying and telling me they're not going to pay that when you pre-opted it and said yes, and then said no on the back end and left me holding the bag like I'm the bad guy. So thank you 
for showing me how much you value my business. Thank you for understanding the increased cost of PPE and my now paying $49 for a box of gloves. And now you're telling me in a nice letter at the end of last year, you're going to cut my fees by an additional 15% and do more bundling. And I love reading online that you just profited an extra 40 million last year. Right. And your CEO made X number of dollars. Yeah. And I literally, you want me to starve because you, you want to be more profitable. Like I see that you're for profit business and I choose now to no longer accept this. Yeah. So that was my letter. And it was just, it was almost, you know, like when I posted in the forum, you get the people who they're never going to read that. <laughs> I'm like, I know this was for me. This was my dear John letter to say, I am telling the universe that I no longer want to be treated this way. Yeah. Yeah. And so it also is, I, I want to choose. I want to say yes to things that are going to serve myself and my patients. There's nothing selfish about it. It's literally when I do an implant, I, like I said, I don't want to get up and do a bunch of hygiene checks and run around and worry about this, or I'm going to squeeze this in, or, you know, I'm going to try and find the cheapest lab possible. I, I don't want that tied to my name. And I want to have patients get the optimal result and not be sitting focused on, oh, well, Debbie said that Delta is going to pay this one. And we have to take 550 for the veneer, or I see in the forums help like young doctors, I agreed to do these Invisalign cases, they're startups, and I'm going to be paid less than my lab bill. What do I do? Oh my goodness. And the fact of the matter is, is there are actually ways around it because if it's not a covered benefit like ortho, you can still charge your fee and all these other things. People don't know that. But again, it's, it's still a matter of mindset of I don't deserve this or I'm going to choose. I have no, I had no problem prior to officially dropping. If someone's like, well, I want, you should pay for this cosmetic case because Delta is going to pay this, you know, like, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't give you the quality that I want. So I'll just refer you to someone that will. Yeah. So now it's been a year since you did it, right? Yes. Everybody who's listening wants to know how it's going as they, you know, the what's funny is I've gotten in the past year, so many patients back from 2016, 2015, 2018, when I had that initial drop that went poorly, who have now come back. Mm-hmm. And I've asked them, I ask every single person, why did you leave? I asked all new patients anyway, what, why are you here? Who was your last dentist? Why did you leave them? I asked that on my side too. Yeah. And some are like, oh, you didn't take my insurance anymore. And yeah. I went somewhere else and I tried it for a while and I didn't like it because a lot of them on some of these plans to get these low reimbursements, I know they're going to be at a high volume DSO. There's several within two miles of here where it's, and I worked at some of them. Yeah. Six chairs at a time, mm-hmm. different hygienists all the time. They may love you and you're there on Tuesday, Thursday. So then you're all your treatment is scheduled with this doctor on another day, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's what they're going to encounter. And that's not what they want. So a lot of them just came back or they were really upsold on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm really conservative. I like watching stuff. So some of the watches were now these big crowns. And so essentially was doing a second opinion or they just never formed trust because that treatment was so aggressive. So a lot of them have been coming back. So I haven't seen the loss right now. It seems like the people who haven't returned, it's just COVID based. Yeah. So you haven't had a lot of patients leave the practice. No, I, right now it took a lot of training the front on what to collect up front. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest issue I found in hindsight of why it never worked before is one, everyone wants to do the printout. This is what your insurance is going to pay. This is this. So it took me getting a membership plan in place to be able to offer them a third column of like, this is what you could save. You'd save more if you just did our in-house plan mm-hmm. and paid cash and didn't pay for these benefits. But also being able to get the, the team away from just here's your printout and also looking at downgrades and out of network reimbursements. Most often they weren't most, most of your team is fear and uncomfortable over collecting wrong. And they'd rather let someone 
pay a hundred dollars of fifteen hundred dollars of treatment, even if you're out of network, because they're like, I didn't know what to estimate. I, I was I was uncomfortable. They're never they weren't looking for the solution of like, oh, how do I best estimate then so I can feel confident? So it took a lot of training on that to get everyone comfortable and have the system set up. <clears throat> so it didn't default to the wrong payment table where then you were left holding the bag with AR because we, we transitioned everything. And we still are by collecting the outer network fees up front. We're not fully fee for service where it's, Hey, a crown is $1,500. We will take $1,500 today to free book. It's, Hey, we think they're going to pay about, you know, this much, so we'll collect 900 from you today. And then once we get the check for this, <clears throat> then we'll, we'll go ahead and balance your account. And then having clear financial agreements now where at 30 or 45 days, we're actually then collecting if there's any amount due versus what happened before was resubmitting, resubmitting, lots of phone time. <clears throat> and then being facing write-offs or facing bad uncollectible debt because like people are like, this is going to be here. Too there's late. no way. Yeah. So, okay. so that's what your patients are experiencing and how are your days going? You say yours and then I'll let you know how I'm doing because I dropped my last insurance two months ago. So I want to know how's it going now that you did the scary thing. It's just been great because I have bigger cases. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a couple crowns at a time mm -hmm. on one patient or a quadrant. And, um, I, I redid all my schedule blocks. So longer for just more for value building and relationship building longer. I always had 90 minutes for a new patient exam, but again, having more team available to do the treatment planning and presentation with me, going over stuff, going over images, going over out of network payments. I've slow, I've tried to slow everything down. Yeah. Um, and also I don't know about you, but for me, I had, both my hygienists turn over after COVID one well after COVID, but both had like life stuff and didn't handle COVID well. Um, and I never got back to full-time hygienists. Um, I'm still short two days of where I was. I had 10 hygiene days. And knowing that those openings right now are okay. Cause we're putting in cash, new patients, whatever. So even if we had Delta attrition, I'm not able to crank full volume anymore like I was anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm now filling the spots with people. And when you look at our daily production totals and stuff, I even had a big case cancel <clears throat> yesterday morning or the other morning. She's phobic. Um, she said she woke up with a fever. But <laughs> that was 3,500 in production for the morning gone. But I had... 4,000 in production in the afternoon. Yeah. So a good, a good day with full, just full when I was fully in network and I was busting my ass and I was doing like MOD, 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 one crowd, MOD, MOD, yeah. one crowd, yeah. double hygiene right. checks. The production was about the same. Yeah. So I literally had like, you know, five patients in the afternoon where mostly assistant time. I do a little looky-loo on this line check. And then I just sat down and did my dentistry and then I got up and I got, did a really nice new patient exam. And then they scheduled right for treatment, you know? So it's been really great production wise. And it's been great um, with the whole collection. It's totally changed the game of what my AR looks like because we're not waiting and chasing stuff so much. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like your costs are down because you're not paying as many hygiene days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, um, our, you know, your reviews go up. It's, there's a lot of things that will come inside with that because you're, you're really just, they can sense that you're giving them good yeah. quality time. Do you have the same number of people working up front as you did before? Uh, I have three right now. Okay. Um, and I do because I really want to have the quality of phone call. Yeah. Um, so it, those, those take a little more time to get go over membership plan and, and how they heard about our office and giving a warm greeting to begin with. So I have, I have three. 
Um, but it'll probably end up being a little more like two and a half um, as we get fully trained and established. One of them's new. Yeah. So I am a little slightly different situation. First of all, in our practice, Delta Dental is almost ubiquitous. Like in our area, if you have a job that has dental insurance, it's Delta. So my practice that I own is like 75% Delta. Wow. Mine was only like 30. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I think it's an Iowa thing. I'm not sure. And actually Iowa Delta is not that bad as Delta goes. But um, what I did was right before COVID hit, I took on a full-time associate. (laughs) Wow. Which wasn't super well-planned, but honestly, she's a peach and she was a fairly new grad and so happy to be in a more positive environment than she was before. So she was very patient with me and understanding when we had to shut down. And um, then when COVID, while we were shut down, this is when I had my epiphany where I was like, I'm just sitting at home. So obviously I don't have to take these discounted fees if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've been assuming that I have to, but I can do anything I want. And if I'm working, I want the full fee that people are willing to pay to have my expertise. And I thought about it and I was like, I haven't had a raise from Delta in 13 years. Yeah. Would you ever work for someone who didn't give you a raise for 13 years? No. And they cut my reimbursements now. Yes. Yes. So it's like, I'm actually got a demotion. Yes. A demotion. Yeah. So what I did is, um, I decided to send my letter in, in November for January one. And what we've been doing is we sent the letter to the patients and we just told them when you come to your appointment, you can see Dr. Laura, who's out of network, or you can see Dr. Erica, who is in network. And I have to say probably 90% of the patients just go ahead and see Dr. Erica. But what's happened is now she's the person who's running around and she's new and young and excited to grow her practice. So she's totally fine with that. And so am I. (laughs) And I finally have time to actually talk to my patients about more than just single tooth dentistry. Mm -hmm. I can say, you know, if you want, we could do all four of these teeth in a row and maybe we'd never have to visit this section again. Or let's do a trial smile and let's try on what it would look like if we would do all 10 teeth at once. You know what I mean? Like, this Mm -hmm. is the type of thing that I just, I didn't have time to sit down and talk to people about. And so now I'm having better conversations. I'm drinking coffee. I have leadership time because I'm Mm -hmm. not running around. And so production and collection is both up. Yes. So that's what's happening in my practice. And I'm really loving it. I am like the first person in my entire city of like two or 300,000 people to get out of network. Like that's how common it is for all the dentists yeah. to go ahead. And so literally the patients can go anywhere else and see a Delta provider if they want to. So the good ones and the bad ones, they all take it. But I'm just like, this is my career and this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. That was initially my, my first plan was to bring on an associate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had one start right before COVID. And then I also tried bringing on outer network specialists uh-huh. and it was interesting just collecting their full fee up front. And we even collected to, to schedule like, Hey, the specialist is going to be here. Yeah. And what's funny is why would they have value in it? Just because it's a specialist. It's because we treated it meaning value in like, like they're special, right? Like, Oh, yes. Dr. Dr. Um, Bob is going to be here and he's our like periodontist and he's only here once a month in order to reserve this time. Yeah. You have to pay this. And they're like, well, what's my insurance going to pay? And we're like, we, we don't, don't know. know. They're not network. I, I don't know the period codes. I don't, I mean, uh, and then they would pay. So well, it was a good transition for that. Um, that's for a me. perfect illustration of my point. 
Yes. Because it's how you present it to the patient. This is special. We collect anytime someone is making an appointment with us, unless it's a hygiene appointment. Mm-hmm. So it's um, your copay is going to be $500. We'll take 250 right now and 250 when you come. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't have that money. Okay. We'll call us when you're ready to schedule. Yep. And then nobody fails their appointment because they are already invested. They gave yes. money and it's all because of how we present it to the business. It really, really is. Um, just, and if you, it does take that spoke of as females, a lot of times, and I know I was right there for the majority of my career, I would look at my day sheet and nothing else. And, and I would go home. Yeah. If you look at your numbers, you will see that you are not losing by slowing down. Yeah. If anything, if I just gain more time with my son, if I'm able to adjust my hours and again, come in and produce mm-hmm. and then not have to worry about not getting paid for all the things that like, again, I had over $300,000 in write-offs last year too. And I don't want to do more write-offs than what I'm paying myself. Yes. All the stress of all this bullshit. This is bullshit. Dealing with the amount of stress this past year over finding quality employees. And everyone's like, there's no one there's crickets. What do I do? A lot of us have had to face reworking our practice model some people are even saying, I'm not going to even have a hygienist anymore. I couldn't find anyone. So now I'm doing this and I'm going to, we've all had to adapt. Mm-hmm. But the question is, why do we keep adapting just so it fits the practice model where we're only, well, I have to adapt, but insurance, insurance, insurance. Yeah. So um, I do think you could either do it hybridized like you did, because I was the associate who took all the insurances while the other doctor would speak for service. And I didn't mind at all. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can start shifting if you're a solo practitioner like myself and say that the people that choose me are going to choose the, all of this. The fact that I do spend time talking to them about airway, their occlusion, their diet. I'm not just like, oh, you have a lot of new decay. We should just get some stronger fluoride orange for you. Right, right. That's, we could do more. Here's your prevalent 500 script in your hygiene bag I'll zipper it in and then that's taken care of you (laughs) you know I I guess you know and I want more for myself yeah like in terms of just in general like for your life and your practice and everything you deserve it all look at how smart and amazing you are you deserve to have the practice that you've created but it's also if you frame things again our lens I've been the whole post-covid thing Customer service has really died, right? Mm-hmm. And now, even if I'm trying to tip generously, I'm eating out more to support small businesses. There's a lot that literally you're paying more per item and you're doing this nice tip. They're literally like shoving it around. Here's a cardboard box with your food left outside. Don't bring your disease in here. And you're like, oh, let me, oh, but they forgot my, this isn't even right. And how do I, excuse me? No, don't come in here without a mask. You're like, right. Imagine that if you look at your insurances as that's how the patients are going to be treated, that you're just cranking. There's nothing personal. Wait outside. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm going to only give you this short amount of attention because these are, this is how it is now. Because of COVID. Because yeah. COVID. I just, I don't like the way that makes me feel as a consumer. Yeah. And if you think of that's how we're going to be forced to treat our patients, um, I don't, that's just not something I want to do because- that's not how you want to practice dentistry. And that's, and you're not yeah, the way you want to. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. This has been such a fascinating conversation. Now I want to ask you one more question before we close, because we're almost out of time, but there might be people listening to this podcast who are like, oh my gosh, I, I think I want to follow Nicole. I, I want to go down this path with her. What would you say would be a really good first step for them? Um, look at yourself first. And what I mean is they can reach out to me, but I had someone call me, uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Hi, I got your number from so-and-so. And they said that you're on network with Delta. And I wanted to see if you could share your letter and share, uh, any insight with me, like your letter to the patient. Sorry. 
You didn't right. want the right. letter to Delta. I didn't want the angry, <laughs> sarcastic letter you wrote to Delta Dental. <laughs> and um, I asked, I started interviewing this doctor and he's been practicing like 30 years. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I just said, oh, do you have a membership plan or what, what percentage of your patients are Delta? Um, what's your reimbursement like? Uh, what's your team like? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how many front desks do you have? How long have they been with you? And he was like, uh, she's been like five months. She's nice. Yeah, let me let me run all this by her and see what she thinks. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, my, I literally couldn't get off the phone fast enough because I was trying to help, but he was so not ready. Yeah. And that it was, there's a mindset shift of just, there's not, you don't just send out a letter and then everything magically happens. And then your new front girl handles it perfectly and beautifully. Yeah. You have to be ready. And it's also, so I'm happy to help anyone, but I want people to already start their journey a little bit because it did take me a lot of time um, and soul searching about what I want and what am I worth. And I I don't even need to be the most expensive person at all. I just don't want to be mistreated anymore with um, you know, them saying, we're not going to pay the buildup and the pull cap and the this and the that anymore. I want to say like, this is the service I'm going to do for the patient. Yeah. Um, and they have to be comfortable paying for it. Yeah. And that's and, okay. It's okay yes. to pay for it. And I have to say, I'm not fully there yet. Like I said, I don't collect everything a hundred percent upfront. I'm not Dr. Appa where I do $40,000 cases every day. I want people to know I'm still a regular Bread and butter. Yep. Everything's still bread and butter, but the fact of the matter is I am willing to do a large MODBL on a 22 year old and not overdiagnose and say root canal crown or mm-hmm. onlay everything. I haven't shifted my, my values over to now in these big complex cases. Mm-hmm. But ask yourself first, what do you want to do? What do you enjoy? Yeah. And also maybe dentistry doesn't spark joy anymore, but it's really only because you've bought into this model. Yeah. Um, And so people can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, My personal is just Nicole Vane. B is in Victor Annie. Um, Or my practice is called Moonlight Beach Dental. And um, we've gone through some rebranding. I'm even building a new location, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, Trying to just be a big part of this abundance mindset that even if I'm dropping insurances in my practice, what if it got smaller and now I'm adding more ops? Oh my God, what do you know? But I'm really just trying to, um, to be in more of an abundance mindset and know that when we shift the universe shifts. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree. I agree. And I am a big supporter of abundance mindset. So I encourage you to, to keep, stay the course with your abundance mindset. And just thank you so much for taking the time on a Saturday morning to teach us about this and to tell us your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And if anyone wants to reach out to me personally, um, feel free. Yeah. We will include um, how to get a hold of you in the show notes. Okay. Oh, and also um, I just shot my video to keep it on my website for why we're not taking Delta or any insurances. So I can share that too for people um, because we've been telling our patients in person, but I also want to be able to provide a link and have content out there that we can refer people back to our website about like why I'm not taking it anymore. Yeah, that would be great. And also I remember one time you shared a PDF of your trifold for your, um, Oh yeah. Your yeah. plan. I think there's a lot of ladies who would like to see that too. So we'll, we'll include that in the show notes too, if you think you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that, that isn't as simple as just doing the trifold. I'll share it, but if, if you ever want to talk more too on how to develop some of these systems, mm-hmm. um, cause it's, there's a lot of ways to do it wrong, but there's a lot of ways I've learned to do it right now. And uh, the rewards are there. The patients really, really love, love having these other options. That's awesome. Thank you yeah. again so much. And um, thanks for listening to the podcast because I know you're a listener. So I just want to thank you for that too. Because, you know, when I first got out there, it was like, hello. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm hear it. So thank you. And I, I love your message. And um, I think we all need support, especially when it comes to the female sector of getting into the um, 
the the role of true ownership, right? Yes. And leadership. It's we, very, very it was a very challenging journey for me personally. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's great to have these people like you that are coaching us so that we can learn how to address difficult situations that will come up every day in our practices. Absolutely. All right, Nicole. Well, thanks again. And we will see you again soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.